Here they come! Welcome to episode 127 of Effectively Speaking, the podcast that takes a look at some of the special effects sequences of film and television, be they classic, average or duff. I'm your host, Eric Moore, and today I'm joined by Tim Spaulding to discuss the first Savak scene from Solo. Greetings, exalted one. Punch it, Timmy. (laughs) I've decided, you know, for, for today's uh, little show, uh, I'm Han Solo and you're my trusty sidekick, Timmy the Wookiee, yes? There you go. Brilliant. It's like we rehearsed that. I must yeah. say we haven't rehearsed that. You, you didn't know I was going to say any of that, did no, you? No, no, no. Yeah. Hello, Tim. You are all right? Oh, yeah, I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Thank you. All right. Okay. So here we go. Solo. Um, I'm not going solo today. I'm yeah. with you. So it's not solo. Um, solo then. Um when they started talking about, oh, they're going to do a Han Solo, you know, prequel to the Star Wars films, were you uh, interested in it? Was it a case of, oh, no, 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 or, or what? Well, when when I heard that, the that okay, the, the Rogue One, when I heard about that, I was like, okay, well, that sounds cool. When they said that the second movie is going to be a Han Solo, you know, Han Solo origin story, I was like, really? Like, it... it it didn't make sense to me. There was all this clamoring for all these other stories and other ways that they could go. And they decided to go with the one thing that no one was asking for, mm. which was a Han Solo, a young Han Solo movie. Um, so it went, when I heard about it, it was a head scratcher and it, it didn't, it honestly, it, it made zero sense to me that, that if Disney wanted to do fan service, they were z- zagging when they should have been zigging. Mm. Uh, yeah, they, they 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 went they went in the wrong direction. In my in my initial opinions of the of of hearing about the film, right? I mean, I've I've said you know on this show before that um, one of the appeals to me of the very first Star Wars film is that things weren't explained; they're just mm-hmm. there. You know, and with Han Solo, he sits down, Han Solo, I'm Captain of the Millennium Falcon, you know, and and things were just presented. He never explains, you know, how uh, uh, his blaster works. Chewbacca, you don't get long lingering shots of his bowcaster thing. Things are just there in the Star Wars film, the first Star Wars films. Mm-hmm. And, and you finish that film and you do wonder about, you know, Luke's father fighting in the Clone Wars with Obi-Wan and, and all like this. And it's up to you to decide how these things happened, you know. And with Han Solo and Chewbacca, there's mention of the Kessel Run, etc, etc, etc. But you, it's up to you. And I, I'm, I much prefer it that way. It's part of the appeal of the very first Star Wars film is it's up to you to decide the backstory to everything, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, and, and, um, before we get into everything, I, I do, I, 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 I ended up, I ended up enjoying this movie. Um, there are some things that I think they should have left out. Like, I don't think they needed to pack in as much 
of his backstory as they did. I think they, they should have, uh, you know, simplicity is, is, uh, would have, would have worked a little better, a little, a little less plot, mm-hmm. a little less, uh, detail, but, but in, in the end, overall, I did, I did enjoy this movie. It's, it's not, it's not the greatest Star Wars movie ever made, but it ended up being a, uh, a fun popcorn movie. Uh, yeah, it's it's entertaining enough, and um, like you say, I mean, I don't need to see everything. I mean, you know, um, I didn't need to find him meeting Chewbacca for the first time, you know? We didn't need yeah. to see him being given his gun, you know? We didn't need to see the Kessel Run. You could have done another story, I think, and not have to tick all these boxes. Oh, where did this bit come from? Now we can explain this, that, and the other, you know? Yeah, it, it, it kind of made it seem like his entire backstory was just on these two missions that, that are in the movie. Like, that's all you ever needed to see was this supposed, we'll say, we'll say eight-day period of his entire life. I would is, much is rather have seen him more. Yeah, I would have seen much rather seen him in the Imperial Army. The bit at the beginning is much more interesting to yeah. me, you know? Hmm. So, but yeah, they, they didn't need to show you the Kessel Run. Um and the 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 media of Chewbacca, you know, one one goes with the other, so that didn't bother me. But I think uh, I think in general, they 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 could have left out some of the details, and I think it it would have been just as strong a story. Uh, he, he didn't have to do the Kessel Run to escape from anything. It could have just been a daring escape. Yes, yeah. The worst one for me, the worst thing in it, and it it it, it is a you know slap your forehead. Oh. Uh, is how he got his name. Don't need that. That was totally it, and utterly unnecessary. Yeah, it 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 was it was kind of one of those ugh, moments. Yeah, exactly, yeah, exactly. But it's entertaining enough. I, it, it's it not one if I fancy watching um, um, something Star Wars that I'll put on um, <laughs> because a lot of it doesn't feel Star Warsy. To use a Star Wars in character uh, term, I think that you come up with the Star Warsy <laughs> thing. Um, it doesn't feel Star Warsy to me. I mean. Watching it, you know, for today's recording, uh, here in the UK a few days ago, we finally, finally got Disney Plus. Um, oh, hey, and, there you uh, go. Uh, yeah, so <laughs> we can now legitimately watch uh, The Mandalorian, and that 100% feels Star Wars. Yeah. Whereas this, and, and we'll talk about it shortly, about the sequence we're going to talk about today, it, it just doesn't feel it. You know, there's so many things in Solo, and it's like... I don't know, you know, the whole train ride thing, that's a train, it's just a, you know, it's it, it's a fancier version of a regular train, you know, and, and yeah. things like that. It, it's it's not unique enough. Star Wars has got to have a uniqueness to it, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, yeah. But uh, the, what I did like is um, um, old um, Donald Glover. I thought he was superb. The casting of him as Lando Calrissian, absolutely brilliant. He, yeah, I mean, honestly, yeah, he was the shining, shining moment, uh, the shining star in this entire film, was his performance, um, his his delivery on on things, which you know, if you close your eyes, it does sound like a young um, Billy D. Billy D. Yeah, and his and his reactions, his he kind of had these these deadpan reactions. Yeah. Um, which I thought I thought were great, and also the just the the whole con man aspect of 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 Billy D. I thought I thought came 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 across 
pretty clearly in this, and and in, in, in a very funny and entertaining way. Yeah. And what do you think of Aaron? He was okay. Um, hmm. He was okay. You, you know, there I, there were there were other actors that I heard were in the running that I think would have been a better choice. Um. Because there's that guy, isn't there? I don't know his name, but he's on YouTube, and he does a spot-on Harrison Ford impersonation, doesn't he? Well, I, I saw a lot of people say, well, you should have used him. He looks like him, and he sounds like him. There's that guy, but, uh, I mean, if he's if he's never acted in a, in a film, if he's if he's only done small things here or there, he, may not have, he might not have been capable of doing mm-hmm. a, a feature film. But there, the guy that did Baby Driver, I remember his name was being tossed around. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't. I can't remember the actor's name. His name was being tossed around, and I was like, "Okay, that would be. He would be cool." Um, but and there were, and I, I forgive me, I can't remember everyone whose names, but there, there were, there were several names. I'm like, "Well, he would have worked better." I didn't. I didn't think. Uh, what's his name? Alden. Alden. Aaron. Aaron. Yeah. I didn't think he did a bad job, and and some of the stuff I've seen him in, other than Star Wars, I think he's like Hail Caesar. I think he's good. Um. But I think uh, I, I don't know. I, I think uh, this this movie may have been above his skill level at this time. Yeah, I think I think he's not helped by some of the script. I mean, every time he says, "I'm a pilot. I'm a great pilot." Da da da. It's like, "Oh, shut up. We get it. We get it. You're going to be Han Solo. You're going to be Harrison Ford one day." You know, he just comes across a bit irritating. I think. Well, for him. Like when you when you watch Han Solo in the movies, especially in the first two, he's there's there's a confidence there, and when he is when he is BSing people, you know he's saying in a way that you know even he's convincing himself. In this one, I mean, I, I understand he's supposed to be younger. He's not. He's not as mature, uh, uh, and and he he hasn't he hasn't quite perfected all of his tricks. But he just he sort of comes across as as sort of like the like like a just like a fibber. Like you mm. can see you can see through his his BSing. Whereas with, with Han Solo, yeah, sometimes you could tell he was it was bravado, but other times it's like, well, there might be something there. But in this one I didn't I didn't buy it. I, I just kinda of felt that mm. he was just sort of he was he was just lying and everybody knew he was lying, and they were like, oh, but they were following him blindly into these adventures that could get mm. them all killed. Mm. Yeah. I think I think also, you know, the film, um, I think, was the death knell in these solo Star Wars films, wasn't it? Because it came out around about the same time as Last Jedi, didn't it? And I think Last Jedi is the thing that stopped them looking into more of these solo films. And I think it's TV now, isn't it? The Obi-Wan Thing is going to be a TV yeah, show, isn't it? Which, which I think is a shame, um, because I, I really I, I would like to see continuing stories featuring the characters and the situations that started in Solo. Um, there's yeah. a whole wealth of stories that could be told there that that may or may not ever see the light of day. Um, Would you like to see a Kira story and find out exactly what happened with Kira and Darth Maul? Because at the end, she's going off to see Darth Maul, isn't she? Well, my guess is my guess. This this is my guess as to what they were probably planning. They were probably planning a bounty hunter movie that would have mm-hmm. centered, you know, if if because you know uh, Han Solo is at the end of this one is going to see uh, Jabba the Hutt, 
he uh, um, Beckett says, you know, he's putting together a crew. So mm. that would have been a prime time for us to go and see like a like a Boba like a Boba Fett kind of movie. Boba Fett, Dengar, Bosk, those guys. Would you have been uh, all right with that? You know, to see you know the the you know the bounty hunters from Empire appearing in another film. Um, yeah. Or, or or would you say, well, just give us more more new bounty hunters because you know the galaxy's big. Why 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 is it always got to be the same five or six? Well, I mean, it would it would be fun. I, I wouldn't necessarily need to see the all of them. Like, I don't need to see Forlom and Zuckus and all this stuff, but. To see Boba Fett, Greedo, and Dengar, mm. I think would would have been pretty cool. Uh, you know, if if it, if if it was kind of like a, you know a, a mission where they had to go find something, you know, so kind kind of kind of like what happened in Empire Strikes Back, where you send five or six guys out to find one thing, yeah. you know, it's like like a race against time to find this. This mulligan. But you could do a there. magnificent seven type thing with the bounty hunters. Yeah, yeah. So, so stuff like that. I think I think it would be uh, there. There, there was a, and there was a lot of fun stuff there. It was it was a it was a way to to bring Darth Maul back into the fold. Uh, it was a way to bring you know the huts and the crime syndicates again more more center stage uh do you think they would have been resurrecting that um because there was going to be an underworld star wars show wasn't there a tv show the, the the level 13 or whatever it was called on coruscant wasn't it that yeah and, and they they just they just issued like some test footage of that uh i don't know if you saw that mm-hmm. it, it, they, there's some test footage of it that was filmed like 10 years ago uh on youtube of that and Mm. I mean, it, it, it would it would have all it would have all worked that way I, with with Disney in charge of everything now. I think for them to go dark is unlikely. I think everything will probably have a more of a lighter tone to it. All right, uh, just and and I think that's kind of how Star Wars should be. I think it I think it should always have that appeal for you know the eleven twelve year old boy. I think. Well, look at the Mandalorian. That's exactly what they're doing with the Mandalorian. It's appealing to everybody, isn't it? Yeah, it's. I mean, a Mandalorian's got just just enough darkness to it. Uh, it's got just enough edge to it. I don't think they need to go any further. I don't think they need to show anybody's head exploding. Uh, I don't think they need to have profanity. I don't think they need to have like extreme sexual situations. But they 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 went they went just far enough, and I think John Favreau knew this. Mm. And you throw in. The cuteness, so you have the you have the um, you know baby Yoda, and then you mm-hmm. have the funny droids. Yep. So it's 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 got all the it's got all the recipes that made the original trilogy. You know what it was, even though some people don't like the cuteness, some people don't like the humor, but there's something there for everyone, and there's also something there for everyone to bicker about because of Star Wars. <laughs> oh yes, yes. Yeah. All right, okay, well, let's get on with our sequence for today, shall we? Yes. Thank you, thank you. You see, how'd you guys let me beat you on that one? Come on. There's no liars in this game, just players. The seat taken? Nobody's in the seat, then it ain't taken, friend. So this is, uh, Sabak? Sabak. Bach. Got it. You played it before? A couple times, yeah. 
Captain Lindo Karazi. Han Solo. Looks like you're uh, having a good day. I'm a lucky guy. Can I ask you a question, Captain Calrissian? Anything, Han? That's Han, but that's okay. I heard a uh, story about you. I was wondering if it's true. Everything you've heard about me is true. Thanks, love. Did you win your ship playing cards? Oh, I've won a lot of things. I once won a subtropical moon in the Ocean Belt. Wow. Turned out to be a real money pit. <laughs> I'm impressed. I don't think I'd have the nerve to gamble with something I love as much as my ship. Really? Yeah. What do you fly? TCX 100. Mm. That is a quality ship, right, boys? It's the fastest in the galaxy, but there, there's a lot of great ships out there. I mean, I'm sure yours is very nice. Gets me where I'm going. You said about darkness. Darkness is is part of the sequence we're going to talk about today. But um, yeah, they're after a fast ship, and Kira knows about this retired smuggler who's now a businessman, <laughs> and he's up at this lodge, um, and he's got a fast ship. And uh, he won it at a game of Sabak. Um, do you know? I mean, you're, you're you're knowledgeable about you know the background to you, you know all things Star Wars. Do you know who um, Lando actually won the Falcon off of in his game of Sabak? Because I, I I've never looked into this. No, um, I don't. I I don't think that's ever been anything I've looked up to see. In terms of legends, uh, who if if that person's ever been named? Hmm. Yeah, it's all it's always been known that that was Lando's ship before Han Solo. But yeah, I never I never looked into who it was before Lando got it. Yeah, well, I, I'll I'll have a look, and if I can find it, I'll put a link on the Facebook page. Okay. Um. So yeah, they go to this lodge, Fort Ipso Lodge. Um, which is a hundred percent practical set. Um, mm-hmm. It's and uh, did you know it's exactly the same dimensions as the original cantina from the first? Really? No, Star I didn't Wars know film. that. Yeah, but I think because it is so cluttered with stuff and it's so darkly lit, you can't tell that it's actually quite a large space. But yeah, dimensionally, it's the same size as the original cantina. It looks it, it looks like it's just that one little room. You can see it goes back a little further, mm. but it yeah, it, it definitely seems. Like if if the cantina in the movie, we'll we'll give it we'll give it you know it looks like it's like twenty meters by forty meters. This looks mm. like it's like ten by fifteen meters. It it, yeah. it it looks about a third of the size because of the way it's lit and because there's just so many people in there. And you've got an awful lot of clutter. So yeah, yeah we here we are. We're in the lodge. There's Donald Glover sat at the table, looking fabulous in that outfit. <laughs> um, and he's sat around this round table, which is lit by a single lantern above it. And I think therein lies the problem, because uh, the guy responsible for lighting Solo is a guy by the name of Bradford Young. And he wanted natural lighting, that the actual lighting on the set lights everything. You haven't got these big lights just off camera to put illumination in. And I remember when, when Solo came out that a lot of people said... I can't see what's going on. It's so dark. And I think yeah. you guys said it, didn't you, when you the, reviewed it for Past the Popcorn? Yeah, definitely the first 15 minutes when they're on uh, Corellia, I, I remember just thinking, what am I, well, I can't see anything. Like, mm. I, I don't I don't know if the theater had cranked the uh, the, the bulb down a little bit just to add time. Because you know how 
theater the projection bulbs, you know, can only last a certain number of hours, you know, depending on their their luminosity. And I was I kept thinking like, did they turn it down just to save a few bucks? Um, I think you've yeah. I think you've hit the nail on the head. This is a theory of mine um, that I thought of when people were grumbling about the darkness. Is that you're absolutely right? Um, yeah, xenon uh, bulbs, those xenon bulbs that are actually in a, a a cinema projector, they project the light. They can be all sorts of watts: two thousand watts, three thousand, four thousand, six thousand watts. They're incredibly bright light. But I think part it's partly the guy's decision to do this you know have natural lighting but also it coincided with a time where you don't have projectionists anymore it's rare to have projectionists mm-hmm. now um and therefore anybody who's listening you know that used to be a projectionist you know that that one of the jobs you had to do was change these bulbs and you put them in and when you set them up you have to set them up and and tweak them to give maximum brightness and have an even brightness across the whole screen well you haven't got a projectionist now to do that it's one of the managers has to do that and they Mm -hmm. are shown how to do it by head office but you only change them what once every like you know six eight nine months so you forget how to do it they also darken over time and you have to tweak them to uh, bring the light level up as they, you know, lose their, uh, as you say, they lose their uh, brightness. But and also uh, another problem that you've got, and I'm sure this in many, many, many cases is a problem in that for an auditorium where you've got a projector set up, a digital projector uh, that has 3D, when you show a 3D film, you have this box on, on the front of the projector directly in front of the lens and it slides in place and what happens is the light from the projector bounces through this box and it goes off all these prisms, etc, etc, bounces round and then projects the 3D image onto the screen. Now, what you're meant to do if you're showing a 2D film on that same projector so say your first show is the 3D version, your second show uh-huh. is the 2D version. You're supposed to take that, it's on a rail and it slides out the way and then you show the 2D one. If you don't do that, the 2D image is being bounced around, loses an awful lot of its brightness, also loses some of its focus. So sometimes you can have a very dark picture, darker than it's actually even meant to be because yeah. somebody has forgotten <laughs> to move that out of the way because you haven't got a bloody projectionist in the projection box. Yeah, there's so. no one, no one up there. There's no one up there to do that, yeah. So I think that's what it is. I, th- I think it's a couple of factors along with the choice to, you know, light things differently. And, and there's nothing wrong with that. I th- I, it's an interesting choice to go this way. And, and, you know, you can see that this Bradford Young, he's actually deriving inspiration from a lot of the Renaissance paintings where you'll have mm-hmm. a group of people around a table with a candle in the middle of the table. And, you know, only the very front of the people are illuminated. And then you've got these murky, shadowy figures in the background. And that's exactly what he's trying to replicate for this Sabak scene, isn't he? Yeah. Um... I I, I kind of but I kind of wish that there was at least a little bit of fill light mm. ju- because there you're so much detail in there you have so many characters you know if you're going to spend you know $25,000 on a costume for somebody it's it's ridiculous not to be able to see it mm. um and so there you have you have what 15 separate uh, creatures in that uh, at least fifteen separate creatures. So you're looking at you're looking at two hundred fifty thousand yeah. dollars at minimum 
there in in uh, in budget dollars and uh and no and and you can't you can't see half of them um but so i i it, it would have been nice to have a little fill light to show a little tiny bit of the background a little bit um just 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 for the sake of show showing off the wonderful work your your creature department did you know, I mean, it, it is wonderful work. I mean, yeah, um, it, it, it is all practical, um, pretty yeah. much all practical, that what, what we're seeing at this Sabak game. Um, and I think Lando is the only human there. Um, and when you look at all the others sat around playing cards, they, they are all aliens. Yep. Um, and and, you, and you, you, you've got a whole lot of them. There's a guy to his left who looks like Brundlefly from The Fly <laughs> in a diving suit. Um and you've got this big one-eyed guy, haven't you, standing in the background, this huge great eye yeah. watching people. You've got the six-eyed alien, which we'll talk about in a minute. We've got the two-head bug thing with the vertical tentacles. Um, my favourite out of them, no, joint favourite, I like that big guy who's got like a, 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 a helmet on, a big round yeah, glass helmet. He's, he, he's, he's nifty. Yeah, he, 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 looks like he's like, he looks like he's like a guy that was... Born in a fishbowl and kept growing and growing and growing, but they never changed the fishbowl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He yeah. just has arms and everything. Yeah, no, I there I mean, and, and there's a, there's a little bunny rabbit guy. That, uh, yeah, that's Warwick Davis, isn't it? The little bunny guy is Warwick I think, Davis. Yeah, I think I think you're right. Yeah, yeah. And there's another guy. He quits. He he's angry. He throws his cards down. I'm, I swear that's the face of a tauntaun. Um, it looks like a tauntaun uh, face. <laughs> Um, but they're all quite hard to make out, um, and and what you, when you do see them properly, I don't know. Like 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 I said, it doesn't feel very Star Warsy. And if anything, when you look at these aliens going around the table, I, I think they're more like Men in Black to me than aliens than Star Wars aliens. Yeah, or I, or prequel aliens, aren't they? They're, I think they're more like prequel aliens. I don't know. There, there's something about well, maybe the ones in Episode Two and Three. There's something about the Episode One prequel aliens that that i really like because there is there is still something very very you know halloween masky about them very practical you know mm-hmm. there's there there there's detail but there's not too much detail like you could you could tell that there was some thought put into the design of them but when they actually made the costumes they scaled it back a little bit mm. uh, i think mostly because this was lucas's lucas Paying all of this out of his own pocket, out of uh, Lucasfilm's pocket, not not getting outside funding uh, to scale things back. But with the with the, the things that I've noticed in in the more recent movies, you, you the character the characters feel off. But I think that partly has to do with possibly the quality of uh, um, definition. Um. Like in the original Star Wars, it's it's filmed on on film stock. Mm-hmm. It can you can only get so clear with them. Uh, but when you and and the and the shots are quick and they're not you 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 don't you have a really hard time focusing on one one thing in particular. So it, it passes you by oh. and you don't and you don't necessarily see the see the creases and the zippers and the buttons. Um, I hear what you're saying. I hear Where, what you're saying. So you're saying that these ones, because they're much more technologically advanced, the camera lingers a lot more. They're and, they're, and, they're, and you stay on them a lot more. They're they're more advanced. Uh, the, the the models are more advanced. There's a lot more detail, I think, in the characters. 
the the film technology is more precise. Like you can get the full like 4K, and when that happens, like you can you can see every problem, every mm-hmm. every nook and cranny on anything. Um, so, but I I think that's that's part of it, and the and the the, the color saturation's deeper. So you, so sometimes you can see a little more detail. Um, and and also I, I I think I think another part of it is is you have. Uh, concept artists coming in and they want to put their stamp on mm. the Star Wars thing and they're not coming at it from a 1970s and 80s Wild West way of doing things. These are guys that went to college mm. and learned techniques and all this sort of stuff and they're trying to put all those techniques to make things look as good as possible whereas, you know, um, uh, Lorne Peterson and uh um oh shoot who's the guy that did all the the masks in star wars um what, the, the designer the, yeah oh shoot i'm i'm liking I was well, I, well, I was but, gonna say yeah you know what what do you think about the idea is that if this uh this card game all the aliens were based on the original ralph Macquarie cantina ones that weren't used and you use modern techniques to make them but they visually are exactly the same as what ralph was coming up with um, I think, I, th- I think we would be more forgiving <laughs> because they would be, they would be familiar characters. This is, this is what I've been saying about uh, with, with a lot of the stuff of the, the newer movies is I think to get around this, to get around this problem of us looking at these weird new aliens and, and, and critiquing them and, and being overly critical sometimes is if they peppered in more classic characters if there was a hammerhead in there if there was a greedo yeah. in there like let's say there's we'll say there's 15 characters here if they had put in four classic characters like put a gotal in there mm. uh we wouldn't be as critical of, of well, I'm, well i'm saying this we wouldn't be as critical of those other characters but maybe i'm wrong maybe we'd be more critical we'd be saying i like the walrus man that's there but that little bunny guy i think looks stupid so I don't know. It's again, it's 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 one of those nitpicky things that that Star Wars fans look at, and uh, mm. maybe people who aren't Star Wars fans are just like, "Well, look at that that cute little bunny alien back there. That's cool." Yeah, maybe it's just not made for us. But you know, I mean, I I, I watched this scene yesterday, and I watched it again this afternoon. But this morning, as I say, Mandalorian's on, and. Yeah. Uh, um, I watched episode three, and when the Mandalorian goes back to see Carl Weathers, and he's in sort of like a bar sort of thing, mm-hmm. okay, you've got new star aliens, but you're not looking at them. Because when I look at this scene, I'm looking at the aliens and going, yeah, um, yeah, that, that's very accomplished. I don't believe that that's an alien. I look at it and go, that's well done. But in because the cam- it, it, it's made differently. Mandalorian is made differently to this. So the characters are there. You do see them. The camera moves past them. But you don't have long lingering shots. You know, you've got one of the aliens goes that Ichuta like that. And you go, oh, yeah, yeah that's from the uh, original one. But you're, you're, you're drawn into it more. Whereas from with this scene, I'm just thinking, I wonder how they did that. I wonder how they did that rather than believing in any of it. I wonder... Now, in in you know, in the original Star Wars, you did get individual shots of a lot of characters in the in the uh, cantina. Mm-hmm. But when Return of the Jedi came out, you they maybe it was a conscious decision. They didn't really focus 
the shots on anybody who wasn't necessary to that particular scene. Mm-hmm. So you had the lingering shots on Java. You got to see Slacius Crumb. You saw Ula dancing. Um, but for the most part, you're focused on that that character that they're focusing on, which is one of those like four or five characters. And everybody else's background. Mm. And you're that's not, it. They've all been pushed to the background, haven't they? You're not focusing on them. So that's why, you know, 35 years later, we realize, oh, my God, there's that guy. I'd never noticed that guy before. Mm. Um, and But I think, like, with, with uh, the more recent movies, you do get the wide shot that pans around and you get sh- clear shots of the new characters and you it's it's almost like everyone gets their hero shot their 3 seconds of of fame mm-hmm. where it i don't think it necessarily needs to be that way i think i think if if the director is good the cinematographer is doing their job it should focus on the they should focus on the one point and as you watch the movies you know you watch it two or three times you start to look off to the sides when you're really supposed to be looking at the back of you know someone's head you you start to look at off to the sides. You start to notice these these extra characters. But uh, with uh, with Solo here, when they go into um, the card game, you get that you get that wide shot where it's it's that open seat where Han Solo sits down. But mm-hmm. you pretty much see everybody in kind of a semicircle uh, around the table, relatively clear to a certain extent. Yes, there are a few that that aren't that that are that are shadowed, but you do get a pretty good shot and a good lingering shot for several seconds where you're able to really pay attention to who's sitting at that table. And yes, I mean, that's when Han sits down. It, it's funny, yeah. his, his um, seat is directly a, across from Lando, you know. Um, but uh, yeah, he sits down. Yeah, you, you, you do. You do see all the aliens. You do, as you say, get lingering shots on all of them. They all have their, you know, little moment, don't they? Um, yeah. Um, and I guess that's the modern way of doing things now. Um, but yeah, that's when the game starts. Hans pretends to be ignorant to the game, this <laughs> Sabak. Um, I like, you, you know, we've said some of the things weren't necessary, but I do like the way that um, um, Lando calls Han Han. Yeah, as and he corrects him. back to, to, to Billy Dean. Yeah. yeah. He's like, no, that's no, no, no. It's, 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 it's Han, but, you know, whatever. Yeah, he lets that go. Um, this is meant to be a big, sprawling room, but I noticed first time uh, today watching it today, when they're actually having their game and they're having their conversation, there is zero noise throughout the rest of that room. It's total silence. It's only when, like, Han says, oh, I've got a such-and-such ship, they all go, ooh, and you do get a reaction like that. Yeah. But throughout the whole thing, with the cantina, you had the music going and you have all the hubbub going on audio wise in the background don't you but here it's absolute silence yeah you would think if there's a uh, a droid uh gladiator pit in the room next door there would be some that's a good point they've just walked in from that haven't they (laughs) they've just had yeah yeah that's that's a very good point there should there should be some there should be some background noise i didn't notice this this wasn't something i had noticed in my in my viewings um but yeah that's that's yeah, you'd you'd think you'd think there there would at least be like some kind of a music layer or something there. Mm. Uh, I didn't yeah. realize that Sabak's actually a thing. That you, you you know you can 
play Sabak. I'm sure you can buy the cards and you can play it yourself. But yeah, they, they thought up a whole back history and they actually got the actors to learn how to play Sabak. Did you know that? I, no, I did not. Yes. So, I mean, there's method acting and there's method acting. I don't <laughs> think it was really necessary. But uh, yeah, no, that they, they went on a three-day Sabak school oh. um, to learn how to play the game to make it more authentic. I like the way you go to learn how to make something authentic when it's not real. Well, um, well, if, if that's the case, I think that that's a, that's a prime marketing opportunity. If they, if they know how to play the game now, they should they should put out Sabic decks that look like those Sabic cards with the rules. So you, know, you haven't got you, you haven't got one. You no. haven't got a, a set of Sabic cards. No, I, I mean they may, maybe they did put them out. I don't know. Uh, Does this remind you, you know, those Sabic cards and the way they're playing it and the shape of the Sabic cards and everything? They're not playing card shape does it, does it remind you of uh, Battlestar Galactica I, I was I was just thinking that where the edges are are, are cut They're down more like hexagons and stuff like that I, I just yeah. can see S- Starbuck in that place playing <laughs> that yeah yeah are so you know, yeah we have so, so, sorry Tim oh I, I'm looking I'm actually looking at a still shot here of the of the uh, the, the scene oh shoot we're back up and there are actually a lot more characters there than I initially thought. And and there's a lot more human characters in the background. There's a lot of humans. Apparently the, the number was 23. 23 uh, creatures were made for this scene. Yeah, I mean, I, I can see... It looks like about... I can see about 20 or so characters in this in this shot and... Yeah, it looks like about half of them are humans, but this this is just one shot of. Uh, so right. this, this doesn't show everybody that's that's in that that particular scene. But it's only in wide shots that you really see those humans ones. Like you yeah. say, you know, it, it's the ones they've spent all the money on are being pushed to the front, aren't they? Because they've got to show it off. Here, here look, yeah. this is what we spent our money on, you know? Yeah. yeah. It could be that, you know, Ron Howard was a massive fan of, <laughs> of the work and it's like, bring them forward. Maybe originally there were going to be more humans, because, but then Ron Howard's like, no, 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 we've got these guys, let's push them to the front. Uh, yeah, I, and also, well, I mean, it's also Star Wars, so it's it's one of those things, it's like, well, any of these and all of these could become a toy at some point, yeah. so they want, they, they, they want people to, you know, be able to, to get their, get their, yeah. get the, get a, get a good look at the, the, the action figure you're going to pay 10 bucks for down the road. Yeah. So the card game happens. I like the fact that, you know, when we go in to watch this, we think, oh, this is where he gets the Millennium Falcon, but he doesn't, does he? You know, you think, oh... He's going to be on the Millennium Falcon in a minute, and they're going to go off and they're going to do this thing. But he doesn't. He actually loses. Han Solo actually loses. He doesn't realise that Lando <laughs> is cheating with that thing up his sleeve. The the old uh, Wild Wild West Travis yeah. Bickle sliding thing, you know? Yeah, I don't know what they call that thing. The, the, the cheater thing. <laughs> the cheater, yeah. My favourite alien, I think, is that half second one second shot the one that looks like a crocodile that he's either chewing his fingernails or he chews the cards up in frustration i like him yeah yeah he, he does that thing and you see the little pieces going yeah. off to the sides yeah yeah he's nifty um but uh yeah no it, it's an entertaining enough scene what i do like about it is the fact uh that it, it was all practical there are no cgi um, um aliens in this yeah um, it's it, it it's it really is it's a it's a 
it's a testament to the to the creature designers. Uh, this this particular yeah. Scene. I mean, the only CGI that was used was you know they they removed the odd rod um, that was operating like like the two headed um, you know uh, fella with the vertical tentacles. Yeah, that 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 was a rod puppet. The people behind him were behind him in 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 green and they you know wiped them out you know um that's the only cgi was to get rid of the performers and the, any rods and stuff like that um everything else was practical everything was there on set which we've said before you know the actors can only respond to that if you know you, this was one of the things you, you, you know that uh was used to uh explain the downfall of the prequels was the actors are so wooden in it because they're not <laughs> actually acting to anything. You know, it's just a green ball on a green background. Yeah. I remember, uh, Terrence stamp. He said that when he, when he, he was, he was so looking forward to acting with Natalie Portman that when he got on set on that day, he was, he was acting to a broom, <laughs> which he was like, he was like, she wasn't even there. It's like, I got there and she wasn't there. Yeah. Yeah. But no, they're all practical. I mean, that giant one-eyed um, fella at the back, I mean, he's being operated. There's nobody in that suit. That, it's all operated from the back. I've got a photo where you can see the people standing behind with these bloody great rods, uh. In, uh, w- which are inserted through his spine to operate him. And yeah, the 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 thing sat to uh, hands left with the uh, with the six eyes. A lot of people think he's CGI, but he's not. He, he He's... Um, uh, a, a puppet creation. Um, I, and there's an act. When I watched it, I, I saw his eyes blink, and I thought, "Ooh, those like the, the eye blink just seemed too fluid to me at first. But uh, but I know that technology has gotten much further. That 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 more than likely uh, was not CGI. But it, it's I, I've, it's it's gotten to the point where if, if something looks too good, we autom- I automatically think that's CGI. But it I, I don't believe it actually no. was. Now I've got a, I've got a quote here from uh, one of the puppeteers by the name of Brian Herring, and he says um, uh, um, actor Derek Arnold performed the physical movements while Richard Coombs and Matt Denton puppeteered his face. The head itself weighed approximately eight pounds, contained fifty servo motors, and utilised a special gyroscopic rig designed and programmed by Denton, which allowed the eyes to react to Derek's head movements and return naturally to their resting position. Each eye stalk could also be puppeteered individually to give Argus full ocular advantage during the game to great comedic effect. <laughs> which they, but which they, they just use. remind me. Yeah, they always remind me of the um, the eyes on the wall in Labyrinth when Sarah is sat down. You've got all the eyes like there's mm-hmm. like moss or lichen with eyes that which always are going backwards and forwards. It always <laughs> reminds me of that. Yeah, in in uh, in this scene, they they did have the shot where where the guy with the six eyes was. Looking over at at Han's cards and uh, so yeah, yeah and it, cheating. It, yeah, it, it was. He's like, all your eyes forward on your cards, and now and I'm seeing one. your cards. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah, that's, yeah. That's, that was a funny scene. So no, no, I I, I think it's I, I think it's a really good scene. I mean, it, um, you know, uh, the fact that it's all physical effects with no CGI or or rotoscoping or compositing. I th- I think that's a testament, you know, to the skill of the puppeteers. It's just a shame that it's lit so darkly. Um, but, uh, no, I, I don't mind it. What do you think of it as, as a scene in itself? As a scene in itself, I enjoy it. It's, it's, it's got enough comedy. It's got enough tension. Um, you expect it to go one way and it doesn't. 
Um, so it sort of it sort of flips flips your expectations. Um, Would you say though that I mean the aliens really aren't necessary? I mean, if that had just been Lando and Han, you know, just just sat down, the the thing would have happened the same way, wouldn't it? They didn't need to have all those aliens there. It must have cost a fortune to have made them all. Yeah, I mean this this was this was their Jabba's palace. This was their cantina moment of this this movie. Each movie needs its own. Yes. cantina moment so this this was their their main opportunity to do that so i get it uh, but yeah it, it it honestly it 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 sh- could have just been you know casino royale it could have been bond versus the chifra yeah and it, and, 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 the, and the scene would have played out exactly uh, the same a, lo- a, lo- a lot more a lot more serious but with less eye candy and less comedy yeah it would have just about, had some, some back and forth between the two of them. Yeah. What do you think about the idea, would you like to see any of these aliens pop up in future Star Wars things, like Season 2 Mandalorian, if one of these guys should pop up? Would you be all right with that? Yeah, I mean, it, it, they've they've got the costumes. There was that, There was that. Uh, I think it was the guy, the dealer, the, the, the like droid thing that had sort of the pan head, the red. Mm, yeah. I think he was the dealer. I would be fine with any of these things showing up. And, and, and honestly, I think, I think uh, these, I, I think, I think Lucasfilm should reuse some of these puppets. They have them made. Yeah. They must it, still physically exist. They are physical effects. Therefore they physically exist in a warehouse somewhere. It'll, it'll add, it'll add production value without adding much co- actual cost to the production. Just, yeah. Pepper, pepper, the scenes of the Mandalorian and the future, uh, in the future uh, productions with with these uh, with these these characters as best they can. Well, let's see. I mean, in the autumn, yeah, um, season two's coming out. It would be nice to see a, a couple of them. Not the bunny though. I could I, I could live without the bunny. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Okay. Uh, before you go, Tim, um, would you like to rate it? Can you rate it out of ten? What do you think of this one? I, I gotta I gotta rate it pretty high. Um, there's in terms of in terms of the quality of the the the, the puppets, um, nothing nothing seems dated. It, it, if if I have to if I have to falter for anything, it's that it kind of looks too good sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm going to give it a nine. Bloody hell! <laughs> that, that's a lot higher than I thought you were going to go. A nine, good lord! I think actually, thinking about it, oh, I'm going to have to go back and check on this. This might be the highest score you've ever given anything <laughs> ever on this show. A nine? No, I'm nowhere near as generous. I'm I'm a seven. Okay, okay. I, I gave it a seven. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah it, it is very well done, but not a nine. Um, <laughs> so, so so that makes it an eight. Okay, so you right. got an eight out of ten. All right. Yeah, I'm going to go and check. I'll let, I'll let you know later. I'll look back and try and find out what what you scored anywhere near that. You know, you might have second thoughts when I tell you. Yeah. Okay. Well, thanks for today, Tim. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah. All right, and uh, yeah, I'll speak to you soon. All right. Cheers, then, Timmy. Bye, bye. Bye, bye.